from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, April 6th, 2012. Welcome to April. This is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely, newly older Maya Strang. How dare you? I guess you're always older <laughs> than last time. Sure. Than last time. Someone... But now the calendar has someone turned Someone wished me happy you. birthday to the very lovely at Maya Strang on Twitter. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah, you do call me that every time. No, I don't. Sometimes I call it Ryan, depending on right. how depending I'm feeling on the mood. that day. Depending on how I'm Now, now today's yeah. the hot Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how skimpy my clothes are. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, look at you right now, the very hot ham bone. Crop top season. <laughs> Deep <laughs> crop top season. <laughs> Deep, Deep v. v with a crop. Deep V and umbros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because it's spring, that's no excuse for a deep V. How dare you? <laughs> On the uh, Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, that's the curmudgeon, Jesse Gary. Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, you know, modest is the hottest, especially when it comes to deep Vs. The fashion backwards, Jesse Curry. Well, he's from Loverland, Virginia. I'm wearing a turtleneck right now. I don't even expose my neck this time of year. <laughs> but it's a, sle- it's a sleeveless but, turtleneck. Yeah, by August, oh, I'll move down to the yeah, bottom. turtleneck. Can you imagine? We um, need to start the new sleeveless turtleneck trend. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Yeah, during the really, the really hot, the hot weeks of summer, it's a mock sleeveless turtleneck. You know what? There is, I haven't seen one in years, but I remember seeing back in the day in the accessory department, you could, for women, they could buy the turtleneck and it was like a a swoop. It's called a a dickie. dickie. Oh, is that what it's called? Maya, uh, dickies is something that uh, every ORU student from the 90s knows very well because we had a rule back then that guys had to wear ties to class, Uh okay, and girls had to wear skirts. Uh, It's no longer the case. Oddly, from the neck down, there wasn't much other restrictions. (laughs) Well, no, we couldn't wear jeans the first uh, couple No, the first year we couldn't. Then they allowed us to wear jeans. Boys to men was really big. So the whole tie and shirt and jeans look was popular. It's really cool. I I, I rocked that. But the the older you got at ORU, the less you cared about the rules. (laughs) And so every upperclassman, basically their, their wardrobe consisted of a dickie. That they would pre-make, they handmade. That they would that they would basically cut up a shirt so it's just barely more than the collar, and then the top two inches of a tie. They would throw that on and just wear a t-shirt or a sweatshirt over it. Yeah. So every every ORU guy had dickies. I <laughs> never did a dickie. See, I still have dickies. Do you no. really? <laughs> like like let's say I want to wear Sorry. a sweater, like turtle like turtleneck, like a turtleneck dickie. No, no, not a turtleneck. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but uh, <laughs> like let's say let's say it's it's like fall or, or spring this time of year, okay? And I have like a, a sweat like a sweater or something, you know, that's like a lightweight sweater, but I don't want to wear a whole dress shirt under there. I'll just cut off. I'll just cut off a dresser and just rock the collar. No, that's why we need to invent the uh, sleeveless turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your arms nice and, and cool, but yeah, but but you want you want to be you don't want to be reaching up for something and like the sweater ride up and they're like he's wearing a dicky. I can see his midriff. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so that's why that's why the sleeveless turtleneck would be apropos because it would mm-hmm. cover yeah. your full torso. Yeah, it's Jesse. like, would you mind reaching up and turning the ceiling fan down a, mo- a notch? No, of course not. <gasps> a dicky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Jesse, uh, at your wedding, was your tux a dicky? <laughs> it should have been. Tuxedos are very hot. I don't yeah, care. They, are. They, they just trap in heat. You know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, literally, it's like. Well, uh, and if you get your if you get your tux at Men's Warehouse, uh, they have the shirts that aren't fitted. So every single shirt is a double XL, and they just shorten the, you know, the yes. neck and the sleeves. So you have to keep your coat on, or it looks like you're wearing a balloon. Uh, that's, it's, that is so true. If you untuck your shirt, like let's say you've been on the dance floor, it's getting hot, you know. Maya called you out, you know, battle danced. <laughs> right. There's yeah, a little girl Maya crying in the corner. to battle dance me, I tuck the shirt. I look like I'm wearing Shaq's wedding yeah, shirt. Exactly. <laughs> So sleeveless turtlenecks this summer. Yeah. That's what we're gonna we're okay. gonna make the new hipster trend. Cool. That probably would be. They're probably gonna actually be in urban yeah. outfitters. Really, basically. really fitted sleeveless yeah. turtlenecks. Yeah. It's almost like a, like an Under Armour thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a turtleneck. It's the hipster Under Armour. <laughs> <laughs> hipster uh, for, for those like for, for those really like intense midnight mass rides. And instead of and instead of George, <laughs> critical this, mass. This summer will be uh, this summer will be courts corduroy shorts. Oh yeah, for sure. No. And the thing, the, the reason why the the, the turtleneck is going to work for the the summer for the hipsters is they've all shaved off their neck beards, so they have wow. very sensitive. Necks, so they can wear the summer turtleneck to keep it keep the skin soft. So you don't want to get a wool one. Maybe a cashmere one would be good. Or cotton. Cotton's all right. If you got lots of money, cashmere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What hipster has a lot of money for his <laughs> most sleeveless hip- turtleneck? Most hipsters have a lot of money. Really? <laughs> well, it depends if they're trust fund hipsters or <laughs> other kinds of hipsters. How can you tell the difference? Uh, what kind of car they actually drive? Or what kind of laptop they're working on? Yeah. The coffee uh, shop. Laptop. <laughs> the the age of their MacBook. Yeah, oh, the see. age of the MacBook. Yeah. I what see. what version of the iPad they have? If they climb out of their Jetta with a MacBook Pro, rocking CS5. Yeah. Then there's some money yeah. there. Yeah. And they have cashmere. Yeah. <laughs> but then they're just preppy. They're just they're not hipsters. Hipsters to me are riding fixies and and living in bungalows and smelling. Yeah, but do they have, maybe they have MacBook Pros. Yeah, they yeah. do, but they don't. But they also rummage in the in, in garbage bins for dinner. I feel like that's more of a choice sometimes, though. <laughs> Not for dinner, for yeah. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Hipsterism is I a think choice. Like that's the difference between like some of the hipsters with maybe wealthier backgrounds. Is it's always a choice to do that. But see, to me, a true hipster, there is a very fine, indistinguishable line between a true hipster lifestyle and a hobo. Well, it's like well, there's an indistinguishable line in that uh, the hipster they have is, a home, <laughs> yeah, and the hipster is co-opting the hobo lifestyle because they think it's romantic, but they could go home at any time. Yeah, yeah, they, they can pull out of they can pull out of that nosedive at any point. Yeah. Well, it's just like back back when it was really cool to be preppy. You'd have like you know Tommy Hilfiger out clothes. What are you What are you talking then about? Ninety four. Like the, then you'd have <laughs> right in my era. Hello, <laughs> you'd have um, you know the knockoffs. It goes through society. So who, and it, well, who are you talking about that the hobos were the knockoff hom- tummy hole figures? So she's saying like not everyone actually lived in the Hamptons and went yeah. yachting. Oh, 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 right, oh, oh, right. oh, oh, oh. But, but there were like, people that would, you know, act like they're going to the country club every yeah. day. Or it's like so so I, rich people are hipster posers is what you're yeah, saying. Kinda. So it's the opposite. Back then, you couldn't right. afford to be the preppy, true preps. So you were po- prep poser. Now, people who have the prep kind of money are being hipster posers, right. going the other way. And it's, um, it's sort of like the, the maybe a more recent example would be the skater trend, like in the late 90s. Like, 
I had vans and airwalks. Never been on a skateboard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you have a Did you have a chain wallet? No, I never did. I thought they were cool though. No, you yeah. Didn't. Oh yeah. No, I had dyed. I had dyed hair. No, you did. Yeah, I dyed my hair blonde. No, you did yeah. not. Yeah. You better send yes. a picture. I tried to bleach my hair a few times. Actually, my mom did it for me. Uh, my parents were very supportive. And um, they were really supportive of your punk rock rebellion. Yeah, my parents are Jinkos and bleach hair. Well, I think my parents arrived at the very sensible conclusion that if this is the dumbest thing he ever does, then we're doing okay. Um, Sadly, so, they were very, very wrong. <laughs> the, the, the extent of Ryan's high school rebellion was frosted tips. <laughs> frosted tips were so cool, though. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, mean the were. guy Fiero, he's still rocking. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean we're cool? And he has Are you not shirts. familiar with Guy Fiero? And he has Anytime he I'm watching TV and I get like and there's a Guy Fieri show on, if I arrive on it when he's not in the picture, I usually think, Oh, this is a cool show. As soon as he comes on screen, I shut it off. Does he still wear the metal ball necklace? Oh yeah. yeah. And the backward sunglasses. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like and they're like yellow, like bug sunglasses, yeah. you know, and like spiked belts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, and he has like eight ear hoop earrings. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and every shirt he owns is like a, a bowling shirt with flames or checkers on it. Like he kind of looks like <laughs> what you would picture one of the Backstreet Boys' dads looking like, or what? That's exactly how I picture one of the Backstreet Boys looking today. <laughs> and, uh, see, I picture them like in the most insane, like Ed Hardy and Affliction gear. Really. Yeah, I, I don't. Not that I'm basing that on anything. So we were we were playing mini golf for one of our friends' birthday. It was just the three of us. We were playing mini golf at one of those like mountain ones where there's waterfalls and fire and stuff. And we, we look over, and the group in front of us includes it's a bunch of young people and Chris Kirkpatrick, <laughs> who looks like their chaperone. He's dressed in. JC Penney's carpenter jean shorts. Yeah, they're the weirdest jean shorts ever. And and like like, like a normal like dad shirt. And it's like and he was and he had put on like forty then. pounds. You ruled the world five years ago. What happened? He just let himself go. And and apparently the extent of letting himself go is he now plays putt putt wearing carpenter's jean shorts. <laughs> I mean that's that's how far he's fallen. But may, maybe Chris Kirkpatrick and maybe all of them for that matter, we're just characters, you know, that that guy, he's just sort of an actor who played that role for a couple years, you know, <laughs> the role of Backstreet Boy, the role of yeah, exactly. like, like they, they is- gave him the wardrobe and, and, and told him what to say and frosted his tips. <laughs> and now that he's out of it, he just goes back to wearing whatever he wants. So, I mean, you're saying that he's an actual actor named like Doug Ferguson <laughs> and, yeah, he- and he shops at Old Navy or whatever. <laughs> Boy, he clearly does. Okay, so so we ran to Doug Ferguson playing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the for the, the man who portrayed Chris Kirkpatrick for <laughs> so, so you're saying like the guy who played Chewbacca? Everybody knows him as Chewbacca, but he's actually another guy. All I'm saying is, to me, it's just as plausible and slightly more dignified. So the question is, the county fairs where they sign the eight by ten glossies in ten years. The guy. The, my question is, the guy at the Comic Cons who who was Chewbacca when he would yeah, sign Pete, the eight, Peter Mayhew eight by tens. Did he sign it Chewbacca <laughs> or did he sign his real name? He probably put some little chewy thing on there. But like he signed he his real name. Yeah, or, Peter. He uh, just signed Peter Mayhew. Okay, Peter Peter Mayhew. So and then maybe he'd go, My question Burr. is, when Doug Ferguson is at the county <laughs> fair signing eight by tens at five bucks a pop in ten years. Does he sign it, Chris Kirkpatrick? No, he signs his real name, but then he puts Backstreet Back All Right. <laughs> okay, so it's Doug Ferguson, Backstreet Back All Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Backstreet Five Back dollars. All Right, never forget. <laughs> <laughs>
94 forever. <laughs> or it just says 94 and then says ever after the four. <laughs> 90 forever. <laughs> So I think that's for, I think that's definitely what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, that seems pretty good. <laughs> uh, uh, that's our uh, illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely, over there on the Hello, ones and twos. I, we, we never got out of introductions. <laughs> um, there was no reason to. Yeah, we um, we have a great podcast in store for you today. If you can't already tell, uh, coming up, we are talking to uh, one of our favorite new artists, uh, Electric Guest. Ryan interviews them. Um, their their debut album is uh, produced by Danger Mouse, and it's really cool. And if you liked what Gnarls Barkley did, that was Danger Mouse and CeeLo, and now it's Danger Mouse doing Electric Gas. So stay tuned for that. We also talked to uh, Ali Swanson from 31 Bits, which is uh, a really cool organization doing some neat stuff in Uganda. So stay tuned for that as well. But up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, April 10th. Unbelievable. Why do you even put these on here? Count, <laughs> counting Crows. So, so that you will say that. Count, counting Crows is coming out with Underwater Sunshine 90 forever. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he's going to put that on there. Right. That was that, Counting Crows Just got me through my college years. Chad and I listened to it last week. It it's is horrible. Is it really? I was a huge Counting Crows fan back yeah. in the day. Okay, here's the deal. So was I. Okay, yeah, kind of, not huge, but kind of. Okay, of course. So, so, why okay, is there so, why is there shame in it? They well, weren't that bad okay. back in the well, day. <laughs> here's here's when I realized that they weren't cool. Okay, started relevant in 2000, late 2000. Hired a new creative director. His name is Bobby Jones. Great guy, really cool guy. He was in a band, all this stuff. Chris is working here at that point. You know, bigger, with or without frosted tips. Big, uh, it was pre pre tips. <laughs> okay, and um, big arena concert, Counting Crows, co headlining with Train. Ooh. And I'm going, hey, cool. So Chris and Chris wanted to go, and <laughs> I bought, I got four tickets because surely a couple of their friends are going to go too. And, and I was like, hey, Bobby, uh, Counting Crows concert next week. You want to, you want to go with this? And he's like, no, <laughs> just straight up, no, just no. I mean, like, I couldn't give him the ticket. Wow, he wouldn't go. Chris and I went with two empty seats next to us. <laughs> and, and, you didn't call him Doug Ferguson. <laughs> He was on tour at that point, and uh, and and I realized at that point, okay, Counting Crows is over. I apparently like not cool music, and I'm never gonna listen to them again. Man, I, in 2000, I would have, I would have gone crazy for a train Counting Crows double. Well, guess what? I you could have come with us because you could have been a chaperone because he was. I we had room to spread out. Actually, <laughs> I stopped. I kind of stopped being into Counting Crows after I saw them live too. During the Hard Candy tour, Ugh. with with uh, I think OAR opened oh, for that's them. Horrible. Oh, that yeah. was like four years ago. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw him in '98 with Live. Yeah, that was see, a good show. The Dolphins cry. The Dolphins cry. I <laughs> did. I did see Live. Live, was, live was on our show yeah. too. And so I was thinking Counting Crows and Live. Cool. Train had like one hit, whatever. Yeah. But I thought you know I was, but he, he didn't want to go. Was, you know the band I saw one time. And it was the only reason is because it was free. And it was like at one of those like public events or whatever that the city of Norfolk was putting on. It was, I think I was still in high school. It was Vertical Horizon. Nice. And there was a massive turnout for it. <laughs> well, they're everything you want, everything you need. <laughs> yeah. So, like Vertical Horizon, I, I, I've always wondered about this. So, Vertical Horizon, a band like Vertical Horizon, um, they had <laughs> some big hits. They toured. They end up playing free concerts at a, at a town fair, whatever. What do those band members do? today for money 
Did they make enough then for the rest of their lives? Probably depends I, on I how th- they invest. I think if you play your cards right, then yes. Yeah. Really? Because I, I, I remember seeing Fuel. Remember the band Fuel? Yeah, of yeah. course. At, at a free show at the oceanfront here one time. And this was like before they, and this was after they had like the song Shimmer and it like kind of disappeared for a while. Mm-hmm. And the, he introed the song. He's like, you ever heard that old adage that if you have one hit song, you're pretty much set for life? Well, that's true. Thanks to this song. And then he played it. Like, he didn't even care. He was just acknowledging that that was probably going to be the case. Yeah, I guess if you have the songwriting and the publishing. Yeah, yeah. if you get it into a movie or a couple shows or something like that. I mean, because if you, like, I mean, if you think about, like, Vertical Horizon, they had two huge right. number one hits. Like probably had, like, charity commercial. Right. what, you know? 10 million? <laughs> I'm going to look and see how many album sales they had. But, I mean, even... I mean, if you invest that well and don't squander it So they have 10 million album sales. They made, as a band, 8 to $10 million. Yeah. But what rock so, star But But then they made, well. every time they played a show, they got paid probably 10 grand. <laughs> right. Yeah, but when you count it or in production costs, they, the band doesn't production see much Production costs, at all. managers, taxes take half. Yeah. I mean, the band made, you know, band members probably through all that made, walked away with $2 million. They only sold 2 million albums. 2 million. So that's what I'm saying. That that level where they were big enough, everybody knew their big hit song, yeah. but there was no follow-up. There's no ongoing, like what, are, two million, there's no way they're still living on that money. So what are they... Do they become music teachers? One of the members of Vertical Horizon is now one of two drummers for the Doobie Brothers. Okay, so they become touring. Okay, yeah. I get that. St- session musicians. Okay. Yeah. So, and then we know cr- mm. former Christian music artists, get, you know, they didn't make enough to live on. So, like, they, they, become, they just reform the newsboys. <laughs> or they, they become worship pastors. They become worship pastors. Yeah. That's actually what a, that always happens. They right. become worship pastors. I just was wondering what the secular equivalent of that is. I, I guess studio musician would be it. But what about all the young up-and-coming musicians? What, what do they do for a job? I think the best band ever, as far as getting hooked up, would be the Rembrandts. Because they wrote oh, one yeah. great song, and it just gets played in friend syndication yeah. over and over and over again. And they don't have to do anything for the rest of their and lives. And if, if you're if you're in the uh, in that band, like if you're at a concert, you just play that one song. They yeah. just walk off. Yeah, can, you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine Like every night you're just sitting there between 8 to 10 p.m., and you're like, well, I just made $10,000. Every night. Yeah. Their concert is literally, they all wear white dress shirts. <laughs> they push out a big fountain on the stage <laughs> and play that song. And they're like, thank you, good night. People go crazy. They pay like $30 to see that. Anyway, okay. Um, so we got into one music release. <laughs> also coming out, Triple E, The Good Life. And our pick of the week, M. Ward, A Wasteland Companion. Here it is. When I was a younger man, I thought the pain of defeat would last forever But now I don't know what it would take to make my heart back down Cause I only have to wait a little while before I get mine Movie release is coming out on Friday, April 13th. Uh, the Three Stooges is coming out. Uh, the Cabin in the Woods. Lockout. I just saw that uh, preview. It's it's that floating space prison. It's uh, a Van Horizon meets like The Rock. <laughs> it was just every formula. It's like they literally put like a bunch of words on strips of paper, yeah. shook it up and picked them out <clears> and it said prison, space, President's daughter, if you know, and they, guy made, and, they were, awesome. guy Pierce, and they wrote a movie. If Nicholas Cage was in it, it would be good. No, 
Yeah. No. Yeah. Stop talking. <laughs> Especially if you had a southern accent that went in and out. <laughs> but most importantly, in limited release on Friday, April 13th, Blue Like Jazz. It's coming out. Blue Like Jazz the movie. Cool. Go see it. Definitely That's go right. see it. Go see it opening night because if you're in one of the night or 21 or 19 release cities, which you can find out at relevantmagazine.com slash Blue Like Jazz, um, if you're in one of those markets... That opening weekend is really key to helping that movie get out. And it's honestly a good movie you're going to like. So, good. All right, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. This week's podcast is sponsored by World Vision Micro. When you donate to World Vision Micro, you can help end the cycle of poverty. And Relevant is giving you $10 to get started. To learn more about Micro's unique lending model and to donate now, visit worldvisionmicro.org relevant. To apply the free $10 towards your donation, use the password relevant. You're listening to Ginger Safari, not to be confused with Ninja Safari. Ginger. Which would be the most thrilling safari ever. <laughs> I was going to say, Ninja Safari, that's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather see that than that space jail. It's called the Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, it's essentially Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's what it's called. Ninja Safari is what the new name is. <laughs> oh, it probably is what it's called. <laughs> And Ginger Safari wrote the soundtrack. So uh, the song is Locked by Land. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Sleeper Agent with Get Burned. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, I have uh, uh, two stories that have a very similar uh, theme to them. Uh, a man at a thrift store uh, recently bought a, a picture for $14. And it turns out it is a Pablo Picasso original. That is worth $12,000. No. Yeah. So if you're a fan of these, uh, you know, um, uh, Storage Wars or, uh, you know, Pawn Stars like I am or American Pickers, there is hope that you can strike gold because also a man in Las Vegas was at a garage sale and bought a picture for $5. It was actually in just a a little uh, pack of drawings in a folder that he bought for $5. Turns out it was drawn by Andy, a child, Andy Warhol, and it's believed to be worth over $2 million. Wow. Storage Wars Texas the other day, <laughs> two guys, they bought a locker for like 200 bucks and they found some jewelry in it. They thought mm. it was custom jewelry. They went and got it appraised. $80,000. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. They were like shaking. Well, I, I you know, th- this is really exciting news for me because I've been hoping for years to stumble upon some old Kincaid's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm waiting to find the, the painter of light gold mine. I know it's just around the corner. I've been snatching his work up a lot. <laughs> All right, Maya, what do you have? I don't have a slice today. No one sent me one. <laughs> That's true. No one sent me one. No, I sent you one. I sent you one yesterday, the day after your Wait, birthday. Are you 33? I am 33. On this weekend, Maya turned 33 years old, and two people. I, but that's gave, gra- that is great news, though, Maya. So she, yeah, she made two people it. gave me cards that congratulated me on turning 32. 
Yeah, they did. Really? Because she looks so good. Roxy. Uh, and one of my, uh, well, they'll never listen to this, but uh, my grandparents have gotten my age wrong before. Oh, yeah. And that's when they remember to send me a card. So yeah, <laughs> I haven't gotten one from my grandma okay. yet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kate, so she she I thought it was great. She had a nice relaxing weekend, you know, a lot of friends, family, sleep, you know, it was a nice time. We and, and and but she's been in a bad mood for a few days. I have. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. And so because of this, I saw I was perusing the right. news yesterday mm-hmm. and and saw a, an item that seemed a little apropos to Maya's condition. You know, Jesus yes. saved the world when he was 33. That's in my slice. So, read it. Um well, they did a, a study recently over in the UK and they found that um, 70% of the people said that the best uh, year, their happiest year was uh, when they were 33 because you've shake, uh, shaken off a lot of the um, your childhood naivety. Um, and insecurities probably. <laughs> in- insecurities, but you still have um, energy for life and to do things. Um, so you're not, you know, 34 yet. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't, I feel like at that age, I, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm, I, I am approaching. I feel like you don't have like the crushing pressure of, of yet to be accomplished dreams. It's either like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, look, I'm 33. The, the NBA thing just ain't going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I'm just going to be content, you know, like when you're 23, it's like, ah, oh, I still got a shot at, you know, whatever you're, you know, I'm not saying dreams are bad, but I'm just saying at 33, it's like, you know, that's that's probably not going to happen. So right. you settle at into accepting, accepting who you are. Yeah. Good. Accepting reality and just enjoying what you got. Right. You know, you're, you're no longer thinking I'm the next vertical horizon. <laughs> <laughs> By now, you, you're shopping at Old Navy. You, you've gotten your jeans carpenter shorts and you're enjoying an evening of putt-putt with some friends. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The, all, all of that talk of you know, being the number one selling pop artist in the world. You know, those, those days are long gone. This is who I am now and I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I went through my rebellious stage with frosted tips and Jinkos. (laughs) Now I'm just a well-adjusted jort wearing mid 30 year old. (laughs) Yeah. I can see why you'd be happy. And so I said to Maya, I'm like, you're getting this birthday all wrong. Apparently everybody else thinks it's the happiest year of your yeah. life. And so they, they so whatever you're out, feeling right now is the best you're going to feel. He sent for the this rest to me and I'm life. like, I've actually been feeling kind of down the last two couple yeah. days. So this is not a, a good go. Um, but they did say uh, that Jesus had his best year at 33. Well, um, and I mean, but let's be honest. He, has, wor- he had his worst year. Yeah, yeah. Too, <laughs> that's though. true. Um, Amelia Earhart uh, did her first solo flight at the age of 33 across the Atlantic at age 33. Um, and then Again, they, I don't, they point that, out I don't know that, if that year ended well for her. Either. <laughs> they pointed out that Adam Levine and Katie Holmes are doing well. At, at uh, okay. Until, so apparently I'm <laughs> until that one. Yeah. Everybody had died. Uh, and then right. you know, maybe, Amelia Earhart, Jesus, no. maybe Adam Levine. Cause he's on a new show, but Katie Holmes, no. I was going to say Katie She's Holmes right now. best years, you know, career wise are, are probably behind her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also looking at really bad Easter photos and this one is just freaky and they're all like kids like, you know, screaming. this is an audible medium. I know. Well, Chad can oh put it up. Oh my God. Look, the it, look at that creepy. Oh it is the creepiest. Maya, can you send that to me? Yeah. It is the please. creepiest. Um, Chad, please yeah, send it to me too, Maya. I'll put it on the. I almost triggered an internet meme this week. <laughs> this one looks like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the new Ninja Turtle is going to look like. Oh. <laughs> 
gosh. I'll email these to you, Jesse. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But this this uh, Friday night, I somebody somebody uh, posted a picture of me on Twitter and said that um, we need to make this a meme. Because we, we were at oh, the Magic right. uh, Mavericks game, mm-hmm. and it was on ESPN. And uh, we were we were up the entire game. We ended up losing at the buzzer. Thanks, Dirk. But <laughs> anyway, we were up a lot in the third quarter. And and um, Jason Kidd was out there, and I started screaming to him every time we touched the ball, you're old. I wrote real clever, real <laughs> clever, you know, uh, trash talk. And, and so, like, there's this one p- play in particular where he had the ball, and I'm screaming, you're old. And he passed it, and they passed it right back to him. And the second he touched it, it was you're old. And he shot it, kind of, kind of like he was on my side. And I know he heard it. Yeah. Right? He shot it, and he airballed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I stand <laughs> up and am just red faced. Airball, old man, airball. My phone blows up. <laughs> ESPN close up on me for like several <laughs> seconds, trash talking Jason Kidd, red in the face, <laughs> screaming my lungs out. And so people were like taking pictures of their TV and posting it on Twitter because my face was so like intensely mocking Jason Kidd. And um, yeah, so uh, that was my four seconds of fame. Apparently, I didn't even get the chance to see it. I've only seen the pictures on Twitter. But the, the irony is Jason Kidd's only thirty three. <laughs> Probably. I actually did. I looked it up, and I go, oh, he just turned 39. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I did look it up. Well, see, his best year is far behind him. Far behind Maya's going to kill you. (laughs) I was just, yeah, I'm sorry, Maya. Maya, 33 is is young. Like I said, 30 is the new 20. All right, what do you have, Ryan? All right, uh, just like Jesse, mine is sort of a compendum of slices. Um, I bring you... uh, I don't think exciting is the right word. Uh, <laughs> Compendums are exciting. <clears throat> troubling news from the world of sequels, oh, movie no. sequels. Uh, first of all, late last week, they announced that uh, they are in, I think, in production of a new sequel to twin or a sequel to twins. Oh, uh, yeah. The I did. 80s, the 80s uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito vehicle. Uh, it's going to be called Triplets. And features Eddie Murphy as the third member no. of, the, yeah, of the group. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I mean, why, why does this sound like a straight to DVD? <laughs> probably because Eddie Murphy hasn't made anything that's not basically straight to DVD in like 10 years. But I mean, maybe this is what Eddie Murphy needs to get his groove back because. You know, uh-huh. the 80s were his 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 playground. But th- to be fair, so it was the same case with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Christian Patrick. That's Danny, not true Danny, because yeah. Eraser was awesome. He, he fought an alligator. Yeah, when he Junior shoots the alligator, that movie's awesome. And yeah. True Lies was good. No, but True Lies True was Lies, like 92. True Lies is great. True Lies should have ended on the bridge. No, doesn't he get on it? No, he's on top of a jet, isn't he? No, that's what I'm saying. It's, it, it's it should like his have ended two hours <laughs> two hours into the movie. They the 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 culmination happens on the bridge. They're walking away from the wreckage. Roll credits. No, a whole nother movie starts that That's then true. gets bizarre, it's, and he's hanging on a jet fighter awesome. in downtown Miami, crashing into buildings. It's so. Great. It's like why didn't you stop while you were ahead? It's so great. Stop it at two hours. We were all getting up. We I were also ready loved, to go. It, it, it turned into Return of the King. Yeah, I also <laughs> loved uh, Terminator Three. Uh, which all of my friends and I got dirty looks all from that. the people in front of us because we like literally laughed out loud every time Arnold Schwarzenegger said a line <laughs> and some father was just there trying to enjoy the movie with his son. Hey, 
I l- do not mark Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like he was Austrian. That's why he was getting married. Yeah. That, was, was, that was my yeah, impression. You were there with an Austrian. Yeah, it was just, very yeah. upsetting. It was very upsetting. Yeah. You are culturally insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> you just isolated all of our Austrian fans. Yeah. Um, all of our Austrian bodybuilding fans. <laughs> so triplets coming someday to a theater near you. Mm. Uh, the other new sequel news is... It sounds like one of those movies that was at the beginning of Tropic Thunder. Yeah, it really, yeah does. it really does. Um, the Fairley brothers announced today that uh, they've started writing Dumb and Dumber 2. Electric Boogaloo? I did see that. Revenge of the uh, Lycans. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. But they said that Jeff Daniels has always been into the idea, but Jim Carrey uh, hasn't until now, which I think is code for Jim Carrey used to have a really big career, but now he yeah, needs money. Yeah, exactly. And now he's divorced and yeah, needs to. And weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Electric Guest. Didn't think I'd make it to 22 years old. There must be someone up above. Say, come on, friend. You got to come on now. You got to hold. listening to Alabama Shakes. That sounds disgusting. The song is Hold On. We're a disease. <laughs> the Alabama Shakes. Case of the Alabama Doctor, Shakes. I don't know what it is. Oh, I've seen this a million times. It's, <laughs> we call it the Alabama Shakes. <laughs> Electric guest is Asa Taconi and Matthew Compton. Asa, uh, if, if, if you recognize the Taconi name, Asa is the brother of the Lonely Islands, Jorma Taconi, a family that has very normal names. With Danger Mouse uh, producing, Electric Guest specializes in soulful funk pop music mixed with incredibly catchy melodies. Uh, comparisons to Mayor Hawthorne, Gnarls Barkley for obvious reasons, Scissor Sisters, Fits in the Tantrums. It's fun music. Their debut EP was released last month, and their full length, called Mondo, is releasing later this month. You can hear the band's song American Daydream on the current Relevant Collection album available for free for subscribers you can log into your download center and download the current album check out the song american daydream on it our very own ryan ham hambone spoke to him here is electric guest One thing about the album um, that, as I was listening to it, really uh, struck me is that you can definitely tell that it's a like Brian Burton produced it. Um, and I was just curious, like, what did you guys do to make sure that it was clearly an electric guest album rather than like it being a Danger Mouse album? Um, the people might associate it with his name rather than yours. Well, I, I think that kind of stuff just, just comes with the territory of like you know, t- dealing with somebody who's just way bigger than we are. <laughs> like, and it, it, it was so awesome to have him involved. But I think, you know, it's funny because I've read things on the internet and people always get it wrong. Like, 
Like I remember the first time American Daydream was like uh, released on on the internet, and, and everyone was like, "Oh man, those drums are totally, you know, totally dangerous house." And like, it's it, there's, and and there's a couple other things that people pointed to that just weren't. It just wasn't true. Like that that wasn't that wasn't his actual uh, uh, work. But but he added so much. I mean, I I don't think we really worried about that. You know, like. A lot of the songs were about about seventy percent of the songs were already there, like pretty solid, you know, uh, demos. Um, and then, you know, he kind of like we all put our 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 hands on it after that. But um, someone with such a big name like that is gonna inevitably, you know, that a lot of the press will have a focus on him. But uh, I don't know. It used to bum me out, but I don't think I don't really care anymore. Both you guys kind of uh, got together in the LA music scene. Um, like, what is it about Los Angeles that you think, uh, how has how that incubator affected your music versus, you know, if you were like another band coming out of Brooklyn or something? L.A. in the last five years reminded me of, like, the Brooklyn scene in the early 2000s, where it was just, like, a ton of bands coming out. Like, the energy was really good. Like, the last five years in Los Angeles has been, especially on, like, the east side of Los Angeles, has been... I think a really kind of prolific time for, for people. So it, it, I thought it was like, it was cool. The scene here was real. There's just, a, there's, there's been a lot of people, a lot of cool bands that are kind of coming out of, of LA. We're, we're both not from LA. You know, as a city, I'm kind of like, sometimes I'm not in love with LA, but but definitely I, like as a musician, like it's, it's been awesome because the, the East Side is, is pretty cool. Uh, Me and my heart following the shadow she made like a dull sky day I chased the sun back at the start I was still in love with the wave it's a long way from what's become in spite of maybe some of the more contemplative lyrics um you guys have like a really uh like i mean honestly a pop sound um do you guys feel like a part of any like burgeoning pop movement you know like i would yeah i think so actually because i think i think there's there's definitely i'm not totally sure why but um but i feel like yeah there's there's an emerging uh scene of people that i assume it's just because that people People our age grew up on pop and probably have a sweet tooth for it, and so it's inevitably the type of music that they make, and yet they're thinking about things that aren't <laughs> maybe associated with top forty pop top, pop music, you know. So, so yeah, I, I don't think we personally ever um, like most most of our friends and bands. It's, it's a lot of kind of like it's like indie rock and kind of like electronic stuff. So I don't I don't know if we per- personally met. Um, anybody else out there that's like you know in in that scene but we definitely heard people i feel like i feel like people like mgmt and you know yay there and i think there's a lot of people who like 
have done stuff that couldn't not be classified somewhere as pop. That was Electric Guest. Uh, check them out at electricguest.com. You're listening to Chromatics. The song is Kill for Love. It's from their new album. 31 Bits is a business using fashion and design to empower women in Uganda to rise above poverty through maximizing creative abilities and generating opportunities for sustainable livelihoods. In the 31 Bits program, the women earn an income that allows them to provide for their families, receive financial and savings training, and maximize their creative skills and abilities. Ali Swanson is from San Diego, California, and is part of the 31 Bits team. Her very own Heather Meekle recently spoke to her. Here is Ali Swanson. Where did the name 31 Bits come from? 31 Bits um, comes from Proverbs 31, which talks about women um, providing for her family um, and how beautiful that is. And the joy that that brings to her and to the people around her, and you know, those are that's our ladies to a T. Um, and then bits is just for bits of paper, which uh, the jewelry is made out of. So that's been a really cool tool to use too, um, because you know, obviously we all love the Lord, and um, Christ is the center of our organization. And without His guidance and wisdom, and just covering. Everything 31 Bits related in prayer has got us to this point. We're not an outwardly Christian organization, you know? Um, So it's been a really sweet way to be able to use um, our name to kind of share more of our heart and the backbone behind our, our cause. Um, why do you think it's so important to empower women? My first trip over to Uganda, just speaking from personal experience, um, when we first went out there and we met these ladies and looked into their eyes, I just saw um, so much pain and just discouragement and frustration with where their life was at and this kind of hopelessness of um, not even knowing if they're going to be able to provide for their children and have food to eat and... um, that's just desperation for for more in life and it's been really awesome to see um as as we've grown and as things have changed and as they've come into our program and um learned um just the hope that can they they can have from working hard and from um making a an amount of income it's just been amazing just to see the way their um spirits have changed We 
really want to encourage other organizations and causes to um, take it one step further and really invest into the people that they're working with for that time. We really see our lady, our, working with our ladies as so much more than just, you know, our Ugandan designers, but it's a ministry to us. We want, it's a family. We want to see these women um, thrive. We want to see them leave the program and just um, live life to their fullest abilities. And so um, we're willing to do whatever it takes to get them to that point, whether it's them meeting with business mentors one-on-one or it's us taking them on field trips to local um, organizations and companies to get their minds thinking about what they could do and um, whether it's helping them in a time of need when they, you know, they're they're really sick and it's visiting them in the hospital or, you know, it's just, um, it's such a family to us. And um, I think that's what sets us apart. That was Ali Swanson from 31 Bits. You can check them out and learn more and get involved at 31bits.com. You're listening to Now Now. <laughs> That's their name. This song is prehistoric. It's from their new album, Threads. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Last week, we asked you to tell us the best April Fool's joke uh, you've ever pulled or had pulled on you. You went over to the podcast episode page at rollamagazine.com and posted your replies there. Here's a few of our favorites. Well, I, I kind of like this one from La La Lady 911. Uh, her and a friend went over to a Starbucks that was across the street from her church uh, that everyone goes to after the, well, a lot of people go to after the service. Her friend set up on a, on, on a laptop. She set up on a George Foreman grill acting as if it were a laptop. Um, and she kept asking, you know, what's the Wi-Fi? Why can't I connect? You know, can you send me that link? Um, I, I think that is funny to see people not notice that it's a George Foreman grill. I just don't like seeing a George Foreman grill being misused. <laughs> it's provided me far too many meals uh, to be mocked like that. <laughs> I need to apologize to Team Money 9000 because apparently I was who, hating. Who uh, I, I think we think we've cracked the code of who it is. I put it in who that dot biz. <laughs> 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 and it spit back. Kiki and my computer crashed. This is confusing because I need to uh, like. There's it some, you all there's over. There's some the pronoun thing. confusion for all of us here. With yeah, we Team think it's a We don't know yeah. if it's a boy or a girl. No, no. Who dad biz? The Facebook for Facebook uh, told me that it is Kiki Pounds. Okay, who so it's a girl. So I owe an apology to her. I think so. Or him. <laughs> Not sure. Him or him or. Well, well, regardless the of the identity to T Money, I thought their post last week, which was referencing there. the Taco Bell Doritos <laughs> commercial, was funny. And I think Ryan, you thought it was. Yeah, not funny. I I picked on it a little bit. Yeah, yeah and I thought I w- when I read it like in preparation for the podcast, um, I was thinking, oh, that's that's a clever uh, little post there. Yeah. And I and I defended I defended whoever T Money Nine Thousand is, and I belittled the person, and T- then they came through and said that they were a fan of me, and so now I feel all bad. 
Well, don't T Money. Let me tell you this: haters gonna hate. <laughs> haters gonna hate. That's what they do. Douglas Dougie, his junior of high school, he um told a story that he was moving from South Florida up to Wisconsin, and he said he did an elaborate backstory, and he did emotional goodbyes, and he said he he um consoled his like sobbing girlfriend like like the whole went the whole day, good seven to eight hours of school. He said um with this lie, and and he said he did lose some friends over it. Why would well, you lie pretty, about that's that? That's pretty messed up. I feel like there's. <laughs> I feel like Douglas Ogden isn't telling us something about the story. Like the fact, first period, he said, "Do you really want me to move to Wisconsin without us making out for the first time with his girlfriend?" <laughs> like that's yeah. that's the unspoken <laughs> context. Can I say that's just one of those sick pranks where like someone's I'm, and I don't know you, Douglas. And like I said earlier, haters gonna hate. You got to do you. <laughs> so I'm not telling you how to do you. You got to decide that. But what I am saying, that's messed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> like if that's like saying oh man I, I gotta go I gotta leave home today I got real bad news from the hospital <laughs> it's like what you know why would you mess with people like that it's like haha just joking funny. no it's not a joke <laughs> yeah I kind of hoped that we would find out that whodat.biz was an April Fool's prank. <laughs> uh, I have to address some customer service issues that people are posting uh, about Seven Ball Magazine. Yeah, you owe <laughs> you like, some people twelve ninety nine. I just want to say unequivocally, for the record, uh, Rachel and Jeff, uh, who 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 wrote in about Seven Ball, which was a magazine that employed me from uh, September of nineteen ninety eight till April of two thousand. Um, I was fired by Seven Ball <laughs> and had nothing to do with their existence or non-existence after I was gone. So I was I was hoping you were going to say I was fired from Seven Ball and I took a bunch of subscription money <laughs> when I left. So so sorry, you never got your magazines. That was a uh, small company, very uh, uniquely run, and uh, was always scraping by. And I learned a lot. Sometimes you learn from seeing what to do. Sometimes you learn by saying what not to do. I'm not going to say which one I learned from, but I learned a lot while I was there. But one of them went out of business and took your money. <laughs> I, so I, I apologize that you never received the magazines you paid for, but I, I don't even know when it went out of business, to be honest with you. After I uh, was fired, I kind of lost track of them. 2011. <laughs> yeah December so I, I refer to the uh, from fall of 98 to early 2000 as the heyday of seven ball magazine oh yeah, when, well, yeah. Well, the, you were there oh there's yeah. another uh-huh. legal issue we should address uh, real quick um, and it was posted by that spring already guy which I'm assuming is a reference we made um, yeah, yeah. His his username, yeah, his username last, was Spring already. Was spring already. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, you know, we had we had talked about how the the writers of a Super Bowl commercial featuring Jerry Seinfeld and promoting an Acura supercar had some uh, themes in their ad that were very similar to a series of jokes that we had made on the podcast. Well, well I mean, but this was significant because it's, it, it quickly followed the fact that there were several episodes where John Acuff stole our jokes subsequent yeah. to the podcast. So we were already on high alert that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that comedians are, are stealing our material. And then the Super Bowl ad comes out at a very high level. And, and several of our jokes were interwoven into this commercial. So and, we're, we're fully yeah. aware that probably John Acuff had a hand in writing that commercial. John Acuff also, also may be writing for the Cleveland <laughs> show, the animated series, uh, because uh, recently we had a slice about a flying car and how it would be so funny because they're really not that cool looking. But it but would be really expensive. funny if such... 
Yeah, if it's such an extravagant purchase, right. would become um, you know a, a luxury item and like a status symbol. And if you would see hip hop cars drive away in a flying car, like in music videos, we said on a recent episode of the Cleveland Show, it ended with the fictional greatest hip hop producer in the world taking off in a helicopter car. Wow. See, so uh, clearly John Acuff is getting more writing gigs after mm-hmm. his success in the Super Bowl commercial <laughs> and uh, pilfering material. <laughs> thanks for thanks for looking out for us that spring already, guy. Yeah. Well, we're going to have our lawyers contact them as soon as they scrounge up that seven ball money. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're we're going to take it <laughs> to small claims. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that'll do it for last week's feedback. Here's this week's editorial question of the week. Okay. So, you know, early in this podcast, we got off track a little bit. Many times. <laughs> and um, we, got, we got distracted by Doug Ferguson's cargo shorts um, <laughs> in his role, reprising his role as Chris Kirkpatrick playing Pop-Pot. Um, so it got us thinking about the, the 90s. It got us thinking about what, what are those people doing today? And then, during one of the breaks, we got talking about the TV shows from that era. Not just the music, but the TV shows. And we were wondering, what bit character from a 90s sitcom or show would you like to see come back today and have his own show or her own show as that character? Like Think like the Kimmy Gibblers of <laughs> the era. Kimmy Gibbler, what's she doing? Or six you know, like, for Blossom. Six, huh? six from Blossom. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, who wouldn't want to see? Who wouldn't watch a show? At least give it two episodes <laughs> of them with their own spinoff. Or maybe six and Kimmy Gibbler like are, are gr- grown up and they're trying to make their way in the big city and they're roommates. <laughs> yeah, or they're portraying themselves as the washed-up actresses. You know, oh, again, like a tongue-in-cheek. Oh. Well, I, I, th- I don't think they would contend that they're not. You don't know, you know but, but it would be like a tongue-in-cheek thing. Like you know? like extras was, very self-aware. Yeah, or, yeah. You know? or that, that Lisa Kudrow show, you know, something right. like that. Yeah, or Joey. No. <laughs> no I, but this will, but this one will star Joey Lawrence and it's also called Joey. And this one will be fun. Blossom and Joey are doing a commercial right now for Old Navy. Are they really? As their old characters, yeah. Are they They're really? selling jorts to Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the nineties are coming back. So let's yeah. help bring it back. We want to hear your bit character show ideas. Uh, head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and post your ideas there. And, and actually, since clearly John Acuff and other writers listen to this podcast and steal it for national material, maybe one of these shows will get in production. Yeah. And we can trace yeah, it back. Quite possible. <laughs> so we can trace this it. might spawn a pilot, is what you're saying. I want to see a or show several. completely based around Uncle Joey, but he's still living from, in the basement. Uncle Joey? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Family, uh, Joey House. Gladstone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's still working on a public access children's TV show, but he's like 50 now. And a new family has moved into the house. And he just came with the lease. It's like, look, he locked up that basement for life on the lease. We can't get out of it. So it's great property right here in downtown San Francisco. Highly, you know, great school district. But Joey Gladstone lives in the basement. Do you remember... Do you remember... Any character names from Step by Step? Dana. 
I mean, Suzanne Summers was in Cody. it. Patrick Duffy was Dana. 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 The, yeah, she was the one. So that was Co- the reason. Cody. Cody was the 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 cool yes. cousin that lived in the trailer. Yes. Yeah, but then Cody <laughs> was also a wife beater in real life. Well, yeah, yeah. Serious? He went yeah. to jail for domestic abuse. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I'm not making a joke. I'm just, I'm Jesse's like, no, seriously. Really no, Dana was the reason I watched that show, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, I, w- I would watch a show starring Topinga. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Topinga. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> Paul Reiser for Mad About You is just a guy looking for work. <laughs> uh, called the Paul Reiser Show, which lasted two episodes. What about Waldo? Waldo yeah. Geraldo Faldo? His funniest line is where they're playing pool and about to be hustled. And the guy goes, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? And Waldo's like, don't do it, Eddie. Money's dirty. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, I remember like 11 year old me being like, that's pretty good. (laughs) Oh, Waldo, you big doofus. (laughs) I think, I think we got a lot of shows here. Yeah. So go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and tell us your stories there or your ideas there. We'll read our favorites next week on the podcast. If you want to get the uh, current Relevant Studio Collection album, like I mentioned earlier, featuring Electric Guest and a lot of other amazing artists, um, it's free for subscribers. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, you can become one and sign up for an account on the website and log in and download it right away. Instant gratification. We'd uh, appreciate the support. For fourteen ninety five. you get six issues of Relevant, the iPad edition, uh, four quarterly albums, Two issues of Reject Apathy. All in all, it's $137 of products that we give you for only $14.95. Head over to the website. Subscribe today. RelevantMagazine.com slash subscribe. Many thanks to Electric Guest for talking to us. Uh, You'll definitely want to check out their new album and uh, get the full length later this month. Um, Find out more at ElectricGuest.com. And thanks to Ali Swanson of 31 Bits. Find out more about their organization and ways to get involved at 31bits31bits.com. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Modest is the hottest, especially when it comes to deep Vs.